Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 337 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are covering the week of Doctrine and Covenants um, in, in our Doctrine and Covenants study, which includes the Articles of Faith and the Official Declarations 1 and 2. Uh, in the week of December the 6th to December the 12th. And today we're going to begin our study of Official Declaration 2, which we'll cover today and tomorrow to finish our week off. So this Official Declaration 2 uh, has obviously some context behind it. And so we'll begin with that and then discuss some of the principles and the things that we learn uh, from this uh, continuous revelation. Uh, So... Up until uh, June 9th, uh, 1978, generally uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the, the ability or the the approval of being able to have the authority of the priesthood was only restricted to uh, specific uh, male individuals. Um, that Latter-day Saints uh, that, who were black were not able to receive the priesthood. Um, now, the reasons for this... Um, there have been many theories given uh, over the years. And to be honest, we, we do not know the exact reason. And we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow uh, and what this teaches us about the Lord and what we we sometimes need to do. But in terms of the actual official declaration that was given, uh, it was given on June 9th, uh, which is ironically my wife's birthday. She wasn't born, though, uh, when this was given. Uh, it was uh, 1978. Um, so... Myself, uh, I wasn't um, around at this time. Some of you listening maybe have been around at this time. Perhaps you do not remember it if you were a bit too young to remember, whereas some of you were able to remember or are able to remember being present at this time for this uh, revelation that was given. Um, But I think it's important to remember just kind of what what was going on around the time leading up to the events of this uh, great and marvellous thing which took place. Because I think for many, uh, this was, well, it was a life-changing experience, not just necessarily for those who whom it impacted, um, you know, personally in their own lives, but for many people who were witnessing this take place as well. I mean, one very interesting experience that I heard about recently was when I was listening to another podcast, uh, Follow Him, with um, Hank Smith and John, by the way, uh, they were interviewing Ahmed S. Corbett, uh, who is um, on the state human's general presidency at this time. Um, and this revelation uh, applied to him uh, and and his um, ethnic background. But at this stage, he wasn't even a member of the church. And what actually happened was very interesting. Uh, he was in his mid-teens and for about 15, 14, 15 years, years old or something like that. Um, and one day he woke up and he felt particularly impressed. And he didn't know, obviously, at the time that it was the Holy Ghost calling to him. Um, but he woke up one morning and just felt called by God uh, to, you know, connect with him and become more spiritual and become more, um, more well, more connected to him, basically, as I said before. Uh, and so that day he got up, he left his house and he walked to the nearest church. It turned out to be a Catholic church and... Um, he went there for a little while and then the missionaries um, contacted uh, him and his family and he was converted. But that day when he woke up and he was caught, he felt called by God 
to to now connect to him and bring Christ more into his life. That day was June 9th, 1978, uh, which is quite marvellous and miraculous, really, uh, which is incredible. Uh, but in terms of this this day, um, I mean, if you read Witnessing the Faithfulness um, by James Goldberg, the chapter in Revelations in Contents 4, Official, De- Official Declaration 2, it talks of so many faithful Latter-day Saints uh, who lived in, in Ghana, for example, um, and in other places where they found the gospel and they didn't have the full blessings of it. Um, whether it was because the church hadn't yet established a ward or branch there, or whether it's because the the priesthood wasn't yet available to those individuals, there was just so many people uh, in the world who who this who this declaration would have impacted individuals in Brazil, individuals in the United States itself. But the actual uh, revelation I want to focus on the kind of events leading up to that. Um, it says, quote, as congregations of believers grew in Ghana and Nigeria and people such as the Martins family and Joseph Freeman joined the church in the Americas, President Spencer W. Kimball witnessed their faithfulness and became increasingly preoccupied with how to help them grow in the faith. On one occasion, he was moved to tears by a letter from Emmanuel Bondi, a sixth grader in Ghana, asking for his own copy of the Book of Mormon and for help to become a pure Mormon. In it, by early 1978, President Kimball was regularly praying in the temple for revelation about extending priesthood ordination and temple blessings to black members of the church. He spoke at length with his counsellors in the First Presidency and with the members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles on the subject and invited them to make it a matter of study and prayer. Close quote. I think it's important to point out at this time um, that the question of when to um, approve and permit black members to receive priesthood ordination uh, in the church. Uh, it wasn't just something that became a question and, and an issue in early 1978. For many years, previous members of, of previous presidents of the of the church had addressed this issue um, and made the point clear that one day would come when these members would be able to receive the priesthood, uh, receive the ordination to the priesthood. But the time wasn't then. Uh, President David O. McKay, for example, said that the time was soon at, was soon at hand, that the, the day would come uh, that these members would receive the priesthood. But it wasn't yet. Um, so clearly it was something which had been kind of considered and, and thought about and, at the time. But, but then, on quote, on June 1st, 1978, President Kimball met with the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the temple. He asked once again for their thoughts and counsel concerning the restriction and then prayed for revelation. Close quote. It's actually interesting. When you look into kind of some of the more detailed journals and, and accounts of these individuals, a few of you whom we know today, uh, I mean, we, we, we recognize that um, at the time, I mean, some of the, well, a few of the individuals, many members today will know and love. Um, all of them ha- have passed on beyond the veil now, but some names such as um, Howard W. Hunter, Gordon B. Hinckley, Thomas S. Monson, um, L. Tom Perry, D- uh, David B. Hayes, James E. Faust. Um, and in fact, the whole quorum of the Twelve Apostles were Ezra Taft Benson, Mark E. Peterson, LeGrand Richards, uh, including Marvin J. Ashton, Bruce R. McConkie, um, all of these individuals 
um, many of you listening will know of and, and heard teachings from him um, live. And so to think that those individuals are part of this historic moment uh, is an incredible thing, really. Um, now, of course, um, these individuals, they met together uh, in that room uh, in the temple uh, and they received this this witness, uh, this this clear manifestation uh, that now was the time to allow, to kind of to allow this to move forward. Um, it says, "Quote: um, I had had some remarkable spiritual experiences before." Elder Bruce R. McConkie recalled, but nothing of this magnitude. All of the brethren at once knew and felt in their souls what the answer to the importuning petition of President Kimball was. A week later, the First Presidency sent, sent word to the church leaders throughout the world announcing that the restriction had been lifted. This statement was later canonized in the Doctrine and Covenants as official declaration too. And I just want to make this point here that, you know, sometimes we have members of the church who, who leave and, and fall away. And they, and they use, the re, this is one of those reasons, the, the fact that they feel that the church has hidden certain things from them. Um, and a number of those things that they feel that the church has hidden from them include things like polygamy. Um, and also this, this difficult question, and it is a difficult question, about why it took so long. Well, in fact, for, for, to be honest, in the first place, why was this ever a kind of a, a policy uh, that the church had? And then why did it take so long to remove? Um, and the, And I guess... The issue here is that they say they feel like they've been lied to or they've not been given these things or they've not uh, been told about these things. But the reality is, is that we have in one of our canonized scriptures, two documents that deal directly with uh, these issues, uh, with race and the priesthood, with uh, plural marriage. They're right there in the scriptures. They're right there for people to read about and see that it was something that was the case. And now it is not the case anymore. We also have the um, the gospel topics essays, which you know, if people look in their gospel library and actually study some of the things that the church have put out, um, they're very easily accessible. I mean, some have argued that the gospel topics essays are you know kind of hidden away, but I mean, what unless people want them kind of as a headline banner uh, on the church gospel library, which the only things really that are headers are. General General Conference and Come Follow Me, which are our kind of two main study things, they're very easy to find. You just click Church History and they're right there, the Gospel Topics Essays. Uh, and there is a whole essay on race and the priesthood. And so I really strongly recommend that you have a look at that as part of your study for this particular uh, section because it really is uh, a very useful uh, insight into this, into where it came from originally and it goes into detail, and I might use some of it tomorrow uh, in our final study of this section um, or this declaration because it is really a useful resource. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please continue to follow the podcast uh, on Facebook, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, and, you, and please um, join us tomorrow for our final episode of this week. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again.